of the nightcap here on VSIN. The NFL schedule has been released. And we'll get to our favorite games, but something that I'm pretty fired up about, Dan. Two games on Christmas. Oh, yeah. It's like Christmas, it but is, it actually is. It is actually is Christmas. I, I always, look, Christmas is my favorite holiday. I love the buildup. I love the season. Uh, but then, you know, once you open the presents and you have the breakfast, it's kind of, what else do you do? And last year we had we had a bowl game on Christmas Day, which I think is a must. Uh, czar of the college football world. And now we got two Christmas Day NFL games. I'm pretty fired up about it. And listen, I might celebrate Hanukkah, but I I, I love Christmas. <laughs> I mean, I used to have a Hanukkah bush slash Christmas tree growing up. So to have two games on Christmas Day, although you just gave me a little uh, nightmare from when I was younger. Speaking of bad bets, uh, I might have had about. $8,000 on the Broncos-Lions game. Barry Sanders, 98, and when we go to the playoffs, they lost that game in front of me. That's a, that's a memory I never want to think about again. So thanks a lot. Oh, Detroit, ding. Uh, <laughs> have been good today. Uh, you have been. Yeah. Under, the, the you, you've been, you've been biting your tongue about you know breaking down the entire Lions, uh, Lions schedule. By the way, the, uh, the Christmas Day schedule is Cleveland at Green Bay, which... If Aaron Rodgers is playing, would be a tremendous game. Yes, That's your early one, 4.30 Eastern. Then the nightcap is Indianapolis at Arizona. So uh, a decent Christmas Day slate for you after you've unwrapped all the presents, you've, you've seen all the grandparents, ham. and now you're good to go. And then you sit back and you watch some football. So uh, fired up about that. George Shahuri going to join us from Pro Football Focus in just a couple minutes, get his thoughts on uh, some of those early week one lines and uh, teams that he likes heading into 2021. But let's get you updated on the games at hand. And the Los Angeles Lakers, while – Taking on the Houston Rockets, they need Portland to lose. They do. Uh, right now, Portland, both you and I on Portland. Uh, money line. Did you go money line or take your points? I took the points because the money line, I waited too long. It was, yeah. you know, four and a half was the early line. I got him plus one and a half. And I remember I mentioned Lillard McCollum, they can buy for 55 or more. Portland's going to win that game. And they're up to 39 right now. All right. 68-61. Blazers have the lead over the Utah Jazz. And the Lakers have been on some sort of run here against the Houston Rockets. They lead 26 to 19 right now. Houston had an early lead. Yeah, they're but, down by seven. Yeah, but this is they are just such a disaster. Houston is. Uh, they're they're all in on tanking. They're the worst team in the NBA. One of the worst professional teams ever. Uh, Literally ever. They got guys off the street right now. Yeah. So uh, I I mean, there's been some like nine win. I mean, the Sixers not too long ago. Trust the process. Yeah. They were they were pretty horrendous. But the the way that they've been playing, and you know, similar to the Oklahoma City style here, uh, they they've been horrible. So the Lakers without AD, without LeBron, you know, laying nine here at home, up five early against the Houston Rockets, uh, and Dallas just putting the finishing touches on the New Orleans Pelicans, one eleven to eighty nine. Dallas went off nine and a half point favorites, and uh, right now the total at two twenty. You're not feeling super no. uh, if you've got the under. Went off 225.5, so 111.89. You're hoping things slow down with the fact that Dallas is up 22. Slow it down. Let's, uh, let's, let's work the pace there. 111.91 as I look up with 9.19 to go in Dallas. That game's going over. Yeah. That is going over, and especially with you know, the Pelicans have nothing to play for. They're going to get their 9, 10, 12 guys out there and start firing threes. And as of today, Dallas 
is currently in sixth place, but we've talked about because Portland owns the tiebreaker over the Mavericks. And also Dallas, just if you're wondering, Dallas owns the tiebreaker also over the Lakers. That's why the Lakers are in such a tricky spot. One game back of both Portland and Dallas for to avoid the play-in, but both Portland and Dallas own the tiebreaker against Los Angeles. But for Dallas, while they uh, do not have the tiebreaker against Portland, you know, tonight, New Orleans, Toronto, Minnesota to close it out. Portland's got Utah, then Phoenix, then Denver. And, and that Mavericks team, like, you know, they're playing such well. a, they're playing well, but such an enigma. If they can fire on all cylinders with Kristaps and, and Luka, they, they, they can win a lot. They can do a lot of things. They can be really special. Portland once again up five. Lakers closing out the first quarter with an eight-point lead. Let's get back to the NFL. Our good friend George Shahuri from Pro Football Focus right now. We keep it rolling. Hour two of the nightcap here on VEASAN. Dan Leach at Dan Leach 971 on Twitter. The pride of Detroit, Michigan at one Tim Murray's where you can find me. Look, he's got the Detroit shirt repping. I got a repping, man. You like this? What's little... the area code for Detroit? 313. We have our own day two, 313 day. There you go. Repping the 313. Uh, and uh, let's bring in the pride of well, Cincinnati right now, I believe. Uh, I know he's from the Bay Area. It is George Shahuri from Pro Football Focus at PFF underscore George. George, it's uh, like Christmas come early. We got week one lines. We got full schedules. Uh, you know, we spent really the first hour of the show, and I know I saw you and uh, you and our good friend Eric Eager had to hit the lab and, <laughs> and already put out a podcast. What week one lines jumped out to you guys? I mean, it's it's a beautiful day uh, because you know, it's a, it feels like the season is around the corner, you know, and it's really not, but um, you get, you get the week one lines, you get to think about them for the, you know, for four months. Um, the, also the schedules change, you know, with the strength of schedule, right? You can't just look at, um, you know, the, the opponents, you have to look at the order and the days they're played and all those things. So that changes win totals a little bit. Um, Eric is, is right now massaging and making sure that the simulation engine is running and humming along just just wonderfully. So we'll have simulations uh, by the early morning up on PFF.com. Um, so it's really exciting. I would say there are a few that I really liked, and I've actually just uh, started writing our, our picks article that will be up on the site tomorrow as well. Um, here are a couple that stick out to me, and I'm curious your thoughts here, because Eric and I disagreed a little bit on this. Tampa Bay minus six and a half. Um, to me, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are in a perfect situation to dominate in week one. Everyone coming right back. Tom Brady, the ultimate motivator. They don't want to play three straight road games to make it back to the Super Bowl. They're obviously at home, um, and they're facing a Cowboys team that is going to need to figure some things out. You know, they did not have Dak Prescott for 75% of their season because of the gruesome leg injury and the Bucks and Todd Bowles blitz at the third highest rate uh, in the NFL. So I think it might, they're going to make it hard for him to feel comfortable. Certainly. Um, I think anything short of seven uh, is, is too short. And I love, you know, me, Tim, I love the teasers, you know, whenever oh, yeah. I can find a good teaser, I'm here for it. And um, so, the, so the Bucks are one. Um, 
I, I would also mention, I'll mention a couple others kind of quickly, Baltimore and Kansas City, both of them teams that you should be confident in starting the season really well because of their coaching. Baltimore has destroyed week one opponents. They're playing the Raiders in Vegas. They're just a five-point favorite uh, to a Raiders team that picked uh, Alex Leatherwood first over uh, with her first pick. So, um, you know, thoughts and prayers to the Raiders there. And then Kansas City, I feel like the war path, I've, made, I've been critical of their moves because I don't think they've set them up for long-term success, you know, with Mahomes. But they've set themselves up really nicely for week one success. And um, I think they're going to be, they played a ton of close games last year. Remember, they like didn't cover eight straight. Yeah. I think they come out and, uh, and go, go full, full uh, Mahomes for MVP season week one. Georgia, you know, I, by the way, I'm with you on the teaser thing. I, I, I love them, but they're unfortunately teasing and losing too many times. So you got to be careful with those, uh, uh, choosing, them, choosing them correctly. But I, me and Tim disagreed on this, this game earlier, and I want to get your thoughts on this. Jacksonville at Houston, the Jags minus the two. I know it's a rookie quarterback. I know he's going to be transcended too, though. I think Houston's an absolute disaster. They're a road favorite. I know that just seems like stupid after a 1-15 season, but I love the Jaguars in that spot in week number one with Lawrence and Etienne and Uncle Herbs and all that stuff. Am I crazy? I don't uh, I don't think you're crazy. I Look. Thank you. It's, Everyone else does. He's, he's saying it, you know, I mean, and George is, George is putting it lightly. He's like, I don't know this guy. <laughs> I, you know, he's uh, what I well, said. I, it's not like I wanted to, to, to take the points with Houston here. I just said that was the game I pointed at and said, nope, I'm not touching that one. Yeah, I, I'm kind of with you. It's also a game inside of three. And, you know, I think you mentioned the teaser thing and, and not losing teasers. And the important thing to understand with teasers is, they're good when you cross multiple key numbers because yep. if key number is a key number because a high percentage of games land right. on that number. So you pick up, you know, a game that, that if you pick up the six, and, you know, it's better to pick up the seven as well. You pick up the three, you know, you're picking up games that, you know, there's like five to 10% of games land on those, those different numbers. And when it's in between three, you're just not getting a ton of value either way. Now, an interesting thing to mention, though, is that, um, you know, you might, you might feel the other way and you might think the Houston Texans are going to come out with something to prove and, you know, Tyrod Taylor is going to lead them to a spunky close game week one. I, I need to see it from Urban Meyer and the Jags. I, I just do. I, I, I am uh, cautiously optimistic that he's got an offense that will be ready to go. But, look, he took Travis at the end to be a third down back in the first round. I, I, I'm a little hesitant. A little hesitant. Fair uh, enough. I, I can tell, George, my number one, and I, I joked uh, with, uh, with Dan earlier in the show, I'm like, man, we're talking teasers four months away from the start of the <laughs> Never season. Never too early. Um, but my number one, especially if you can get it at this number, I, I love the Chargers this season. But if you're telling me I could get Washington at home, tease them through three, through seven, with one of the lowest totals on the board, give me a dance partner. I'm all in on Washington plus seven and a half week one at home. Baby, you are speaking my <laughs> language. I, and literally, I'm staring at a line that says, teaser legs we love. And I've mentioned Tampa Bay, and 
I mentioned Seattle getting to eight and a half against Carson Wentz in Indianapolis. Please give me Russell Wilson with eight and a half points. I mean, they played 11 one-score games last year, most in the NFL. And then you bring up the, the Los Angeles Chargers are the Seattle Seahawks, uh, the poor man Seattle Seahawks. I was going to use like a, a drug reference, like they're like the Seattle Seahawks, like on a, you know, on a bad trip or something, but I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I'm just going to say they're a poor man Seattle Seahawks. Because they play a ton of close games, they just lose more of them. <laughs> and they're going to play a Washington football team that you notice this low total. They are a grinded-out team. Now, I think they'll be a lot more explosive with Fitzpatrick because that's the nature of the beast with him. And they've picked up more offensive weapons with Samuels. And um, you know, Terry McLaurin's fantastic. But when you have a chance to get a line out to that, uh, that extent, past seven, with that low of a total, and with the better team at home, you know, I think something to be, to be cognizant of is we saw zero home field advantage as I predicted. I'm going to pat myself on the back last year, but fans are going to be back. If there was ever going to be an over adjustment in terms of what home field advantage is worth, it's going to be this year where fans are going to be so excited and refs who are generally you know, persuaded by the, the fans are going to be not used to hearing them as much. So I, I, I love that one as well. George, I want to throw out another one for you, uh, and I know you're interested in You look at Denver and the Giants, so a little Drew Locke, maybe Teddy Bridgewater, uh, Daniel Dimes game. It's the, the, the Broncos on the road at New York laying one and a half, a total of 42 and a half. Uh, it's an interesting game for week one. What do you think? This, is, this, to me, is very similar to the last game that we talked about. And, um, and the reason for that is, the strengths of both these teams are with 100% on the defensive side of the ball. And you think about what the Giants got back, which is Saquon Barkley. They're going to want to use him. Um, Daniel Jones will get to throw to Kenny Galladay instead of, you know, a few extra targets to the brick hands of Evan Ingram. Um, the, the Giants have a very good receiving core. Daniel Jones was massively underwhelming in the box score last year but he was our 18th highest graded quarterback. I think he's being underrated. And if there's one player that is overrated all over the place, it's Drew Locke. If he happens to start, I, I you know, I'm, I'm going to tease the Giants as well. <laughs> I would probably like them, you know, money line too. Um, it, the Broncos to me are so fascinating because they have a top six roster and a bottom three quarterback room. And I, tend to always go with the quarterback. So I think there's a huge quarterback advantage here. I think it's, you know, I'm not bullish on the Giants uh, necessarily long-term, but I like their over this year um, as kind of the fate of the rest of that uh, that division. And I think it's a little disrespectful to, for them to be an underdog at home against such a bad quarterback situation. Talking to George Shahuri from Pro Football Focus at PFF underscore George. Check out the PFF forecast. He and Eric Eager. Do we do we get a new one already? Did you guys put one out there? Oh baby, we went uh, we went live <laughs> at about nine p.m. Uh, it's up on YouTube now. You can go check it out. We did the hardest schedules, the easiest schedules, and then we we do the, our guest the lines usually on Sunday night. Right after, right after the game's end, we hop on, we go in the studio, we guess the lines for next week's game. So we guessed the lines early this morning on week one. We talked about those, talked about the, what the actual lines were, and, and picked our favorites. 
um, that will be out in, in audio form, you know, momentarily. So you, you can see our faces now, Ooh. which, trust me, just makes you hate us more. Um, and uh, you can read the comments as well. People just getting mad at me left and right, and that's always fun. Um, well, big picture for the season. We had Eric on yesterday, and he was, mm-hmm. you know, high on Atlanta, as am I, uh, looking at. You could find some sevens out there on win totals. Uh, who are some teams that, that intrigue you on the positive side of things when it's either win totals or, or even a juicy number to win a division? Yeah, I, look, I mean, Eric and I have been championing the PFF Falcons, as we call them. Um, <laughs> or literally since the time that, that he and I uh, met one another. So I, I love the seven. I mean, you can find the seven, go get it. I know that, um, you know, some people have talked about the schedule being hard because of, you know, they play in London, it's technically a home game. Um, and, uh, you know, they don't have the greatest, like, situational aspect of their schedule. But I am fading the Saints this year. Me too. Uh, overall. And um, the Panthers are fine. But the Panthers should not have the same win total or even a better win total in some places than the Falcons. That is utterly absurd. Um, the last time the Falcons had an above average to very good offensive coordinator, they were the most explosive offense in the NFL. They added Kyle. That was Kyle Shanahan, by the way. They have gone from just decrepitness in terms of creativity from a scheme perspective to Arthur Smith, who's fantastic. They've added Kyle Pitts, probably the, you know, the hardest to put in a box offensive weapon. He's going to be all over the place, and he's going to get covered by the worst of the worst on the other team because of Julio and Ridley. Um, so, so I love the Falcons. Um, as far as other win totals, that I like. I like the Broncos um, overall. I do think, you know, if you can find them, you know, because of the Rodgers situation, some books might not have them. Um, but, you know, if you get them at seven and a half, um, yeah, I just think they're too good of a team um, overall. And I think ultimately Bridgewater is the guy that, you know, that, that plays for them um, because he's, he's at least accurate. Um, let me give you a couple others here. Um, the Pittsburgh Steelers are interesting. Pittsburgh Steelers have the hardest schedule in the NFL using our PFF ELO power rating. They're under 8.5, minus 110. They're a sneaky team, in my opinion, to have a top five-ish pick. Um, I just think it could go really south for them, given how bad Ben Roethlisberger was last year. Um, I also like the, the Cardinals over eight at minus 134, and I think plus 600 to win the division. Um, it, you know, I'm not a big Cliff Kingsbury fan, um, and the Niners do have the easiest schedule in the NFL, which will make it a little tough. But Murray, when he was healthy, was, was uniquely fantastic. Um, I mentioned the Giants and the Bears, um, or I mentioned the Giants. I also like the Bears as well, and their overwin total. I'll give you one more that I like that's not a win total, but the yes-no on make the playoffs, um, I think has some really, um, you know, some good opportunities there. The Dolphins um, at plus 125 to make the playoffs um, are one of those that I like. And, and you might find, if you're in between, like, I don't want to bet this team for division because they're a super long shot, you might take them, you know, to make the playoffs because of the, um, you know, the extra wild card this season. George, we got about 60 seconds here, but I wanted to throw out, uh, you know, MVP odds uh, for, for 2021. Mm-hmm. And, and I know there's someone you kind of like further down the trough. What, what do you think about the odds for NFL MVP? 
Yes, I'm looking again at our Falcons, and um, <laughs> you find yes, our, our Falcons. You find Matt Ryan at 33 to one on on DraftKings. You'll probably find some different prices all over the place, but um, I think that offense has a good chance to be the best offense in the NFL. And if that's the case, and they happen to win the division, then and he's going to be up there for MVP. Um, I would take long shots. Mahomes five to one. Look, I think he's going to be insane. Uh, but five to one is just a rough price to to pay right now. Um, so Ryan would be the guy that I would that I would roll with at this moment if I had to make one MVP bet. PFF Falcons, and I'm I'm just proud of George that he's uh, you know he's alive and well after a weekend here in Las Vegas. <laughs> I I look stadium swim on Friday was a blast, uh, <laughs> a lot of fun. I um, I survived that barely. I never died. I never wavered. It, uh, love, I love Vegas. I'll be back out there soon enough. Don't worry. There he is, George Tahuri at PFF underscore George. George, you're the man. Appreciate it as always. Thanks. Hey, anytime, fellas. Thank you. There he is. Yeah, the PFF Falcons. I'm in, man. Nine to one in you some love spots those in guys. town. Thirty birds. And look, nine to one. I think they're better than the Panthers. Right there with the Saints. Yeah, you got to get past the defending Super Bowl champs. That's that's a bit of an issue. That's but a small thing. At nine to one, I don't know. I'm intrigued. Hey, how about those Portland Trailblazers? We'll get you updated on Jazz and Blazers next. It's the Nightcap on Veasan. This means there are two episodes this week of the Ron Flatter Racing Pod. The first is a pop-up available now with Las Vegas bookmakers and horse players, Chris Andrews, Johnny Avello, who will be on the show later, and Dwayne Colucci. They, they analyze all 10 horses in this weekend's races. Friday's regular episode from Baltimore features Hall of Fame trainer Dwayne Lucas, Medina Spirits exercise rider Humberto Gomez, and Maryland Jockey Club TV host Naomi Tucker. Both episodes will be available for download at vcin.com slash podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. It is sponsored by First Bet. So nightcap here on vcin. You're shaking your, your pen. Uh, listen, I might be 10 years sober, but if I did drink, I would have a bourbon at midnight. Give me midnight bourbon, Preakness. I know you're excited about that, but give me midnight bourbon. All right, save that for tomorrow. Kenny Rice, uh, who will be on the coverage for NBC, is going to join the show uh, live from Pimlico or live from uh, Maryland. So we will we'll talk more Preakness tomorrow, the 146th running of the Preakness stakes. But uh, I, I look forward. I, I will uh, I will take all advice on uh, on the Preakness from you, from anybody out there. I'm just glad you didn't take uh, my advice on the Derby. You've done so great leading up to it. Derby was a disaster. Ooh. Well, yeah, I mean, obviously, when you have a juiced horse, you know. Yeah, that's true. All I needed was a Central Quality finish third or better for, like, huge wins. <laughs> third or better. Down the stretch is right there. Come on. And he finished fourth, and the winner was. Uh... The winner's a cheater. <laughs> Give me my money back. Yeah, how you? Uh, you feeling all right? You all right? I'm hanging in there. You're hanging in. Well, it's great to be with you. Well, yeah. sure. You make it better, but remember that. Remember that terrible Broncos Lions loss. I'm just having bad beat Central in my head right now. Uh, but we're, we're gonna win the Blazers game. Hopefully, it's gonna happen. Hopefully, uh, we will. Uh, we will get back to the NFL schedule. Look at some of the primetime games and uh, some. Uh, those games that jump out at us, and uh, we'll get you updated later on this hour. Just taking a peek at the Western Conference. Um, 
you know, the Lakers are, are always going to be that, that buzz team, and Houston making a little run here. It's 50-48 to 48 with three and a half minutes to go. You know, this is a Lakers team that was at, without Caruso tonight, without Anthony Davis, uh, without LeBron, Kuzma. Yeah, Kuzma was out, Kuzma's too. out too. And they were still laying nine uh, against the Houston Rockets. <laughs> and I, I, The Rockets have found an art of being disgustingly bad, though. And that's the thing. I, I said it earlier in the show, and, and I wouldn't have laid the nine or nine and a half, whatever it was, with the Lakers. But when you're playing Houston, you, you can't – if you're Frank Vogel and all you're trying to do is just get healthy – for the the playoffs, this team has been so snake bitten with injuries. This is what you got to do. You know, don't 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 force it. Go out on the road. You beat Indiana. You play New Orleans. Try to try to get those two games. Those are your tune up type of games going into the playoffs. Home against Houston. I know you're raising the banner, but if if you've got any nicks and knacks, no, not playing it. Every now and then, there's what I call vomit inducing games. That's that's what that game is. There's no chance you touch that game. I don't care if you're the biggest Lakers slab in the country. That game was disgusting. Uh, going back to uh, the most intriguing game of the night, that is the Trailblazers and the Utah Jazz and Portland leading 86-76 early in the fourth quarter against Utah. Uh, what was your magic number for Dame and uh, CJ? 55. And oh. we're, get, we're 46 right now. We're getting there. 26 for Dame and 20 for McCown. By the way, McCown plus 13 on the floor. Uh, by far the best of, of anybody uh, in the game on both sides. If they get the 55, they're going to win for sure. Damian Lillard, 26 points, 3 of 8 from 3, and C.J. McCollum, 20 points, uh, 9 of 18 from the field. As you take a look, uh, as we have up the player props that head into tonight, and C.J. McCollum got off that red-hot start. Yeah, you'd still think he should get there to his over on 22.5. Boyan Bogdanovich, he has been an over machine, but not tonight. Just 12 points for Bogdanovich. 0 for 4 from 3. Rudy Gobert sitting there with 13 points right now. And uh, Gobert with 15 boards, so he catched the over on his rebounds. And, and we we talked about this game a lot. It's not like the Jazz don't aren't motivated, but you no know Donovan Mitchell. They don't have a ton. I mean, yes, they're, they're fighting for the one seed, but the Blazers... And we've, we've talked about how much momentum they've had. What is it, 8-2 and two in their last 10? They played so well in the second half in, in a lot of their, their recent games. I mean, you got that, you know, that amazing duo, incredible duo of, of uh, McCollum and Dame. I just thought this was a perfect spot for the Blazers to come out there. And it's not like Utah's not going to try. Of course they are. But it seems like Portland wants this one more, at and, least so far. And uh, Dallas, New Orleans has gone final. Dallas gets the win, gets the cover, and the over does come home. 232 is the uh, the final. 125-107. The total 225.5 Dallas covers. And the over hits as Dallas looking to get that five seed uh, down the stretch. We'll get much more into that. In about 15 minutes, look at the Western Conference, all the scenarios that are out there. But up next, primetime football. Monday night football here in Vegas. Thursday night football to start the season in Tampa. We'll look at some of the highlights of the schedule when we come back here on the Nightcap. VEASAN.com has the latest lines and odds for every game on the board tonight. Track the line movements with live charts, get estimated scores for every matchup, and all the betting information you need to stay on top of the action, like 
when LeBron James and Anthony Davis and Kyle Kuzma and Alex Caruso are all ruled out, there's going to be a line move like there was tonight. You can use our parlay calculator to figure out figure out payments and get all our betting 101 information, including definitions of the betting terms we use here on the Sports Betting Network. Start your day's sports betting research for free at vsin.com. It is the nightcap here on vsin and uh, just uh, a quick update of uh, halftime in Los Angeles, a Bucket from Andre Drummond with 32 seconds to go. Made it 59-53. That's your halftime score. Why is that important? Because the first half line was five and a half. It certainly was. Andre Drummond, former Piston. There it is. Doing it again. Ding. Hit the bell. Dan Leach at Dan Leach 971. 59-53, the score at the half. Lakers leading the Houston Rockets, who are the worst team in the NBA. And uh, we'll be hoping to have Cade Cunningham as part of their roster in. Not if my Pistons have them to say about that. <laughs> I, I like lotto balls. It never seems to work for us, though. Uh, and Portland right now up 90-81 to 81 with 6.40 to go. Both uh, Dan and myself on the Blazers here tonight. So hopefully the Blazers can, uh, can finish this one off. Uh, you know, you and I uh, talked about it, didn't play it. Uh, but we like the Wizards plus yeah. the points tonight. They did cover, collapsed down the stretch. And uh, I know a buddy of mine has the Wizards season win total over at 34. And they now need to win their final two games of the season in order to get to a push. So they need to beat Cleveland and Charlotte. So they it's can tough. definitely do that. You can get there. Cleveland's but... tricky because they're so bad but good. Like they're, they're, they're... Beat Boston tonight. Yep, that's the thing. We talked about that. We hated that game last night. Because Cleveland should be winning some of these games, but Sexton will go off and have like 38 points. Then the next night he'll, you know, screw my three-point prop up and make one of, you know, 15. But that, I think the Wizards definitely can get that for him, for your buddy. Uh, once again, Boston, uh, a six-point favorite. No Kemba, no Smart, no Robert Williams, but still you got to beat the Cleveland Cavaliers. But they're locked in on that seven seed. They, there was nothing to play for. Uh, for the Boston Celtics tonight. We're seven away from my magic number on that Dame McCollum 55 or over. It's 48 right now. Uh, Blazers by nine with 632 left. All right, let's get there on that. Uh, We're going to get to the NBA, more Western Conference talk here in just a little bit with the playoffs creeping up on us. The regular season wraps up on Sunday. Uh, but with the NFL schedule being released, we've certainly looked at uh, those first uh, first week one lines uh, quite a bit. We'll talk more about those with Johnny Avello, DraftKings Sportsbook, uh, Sportsbook Director. He will join us top of the hour. But some of the primetime games that jump out uh, off off the map at you. Uh, you know, Sunday Night Football, man, you, you look at some of these games uh, week two, Chiefs and Ravens. Ooh, that was it. a Monday nighter last year. Uh, of course, week four, we've got Tampa Bay visiting the New England Patriots. The following week, Buffalo at Kansas City, also on Sunday night football. Uh, so there's a handful of games on Sunday night football that are very uh, fascinating. What are some of the primetime games that jump out at you? I can't believe I'm giving Urban Meyer so much love being a little I hate him. But uh, Cincinnati, Jacksonville, Thursday night football week four. I think that's going to be a fascinating game. You got, you know, the, the transcendent quarterback and Trevor Lawrence. It should be a generational talent if he stays healthy. You've got... Uh, you know, this this interesting Jaguars team in the first year with Meyer. You got Joe Burrow coming back for Cincinnati with that great receiving core. And, and I just think that's going to be a really fun game. It could be a high-scoring game. 
And I think that's a perfect Thursday night game in the first four weeks of the season. So that was interesting. And you, you mentioned the uh, that Bills-Chiefs game, Monday Night Football Week 5. I mean, I love Josh Allen. I think he can win the MVP. I think the Bills can win the Super Bowl. They were obviously coming closer to what they can be going forward last year. Just didn't have enough in the playoffs. That's going to be so much fun to see Mahomes and Allen. And I think you look at Buffalo in that game. I mean, I, I, do, we, do we have a line on that yet? I would guess it'd be Chiefs minus like three and a half to four, something like that. I would take the Bills on the money line right now if they can jump on it. Yeah, uh, let me check. Uh, as I said, Mitch Moss was uh, was tweeting out some uh, some look ahead lines earlier today. Bills Chiefs. He did have this one. Chiefs minus three and a half. Yeah, I I, I just think. I mean, it's probably going to move. I would think, depending on what obviously happens in the first few weeks of the season, but it could go higher if the Chiefs are playing well and the you know Allen and the Bills offense isn't doing what I think they're going to do for much of the year. But I think that that Bills team is going to go into Kansas City and can win that game outright. So maybe a decent uh, money line play to get some value there. Well, nothing like a game in December in Buffalo. And we get a Monday nighter in Buffalo between the Patriots and the Bills. Monday, December 6th. You'll have that that Christmas feel in the air, uh, and uh, hopefully some maybe some inclement weather. Uh, Would love you know seeing. Uh, Bill Belichick all bundled up there with his with his hoodie uh, on, and if New England, like many believe, and I'm not fully there, but if New England is is better this year with all the movements that they made, is it Mac Jones at that point in time? Could be. It, it definitely could be. Uh, depending on you know how Cam's arm holds up. Week 13 Monday Night Football Bills and Patriots. That one is uh, is it should be great. I mean that that is your classic. Uh, you know, Orchard Park, night game, um, packed house, you know, fans ginned up. That that should be a, a fun one there. And if if the Patriots do not improve, and it is Mac, all due respect to Mac Jones, maybe he'll be good down the road. I'm not high in him at all. That's why I thought it was crazy when the rumors were the Niners were going to take him at three with all they gave up. If the, if the Patriots are not doing the right kind of things, that could be, they, they might score, you know, six points in that game. That could be Buffalo, you know, seventeen to six or twenty-one to seven. That's that's the nightmare scenario. Things don't turn around for New England, uh, but that that should be something. Tells me that's going to be a real fun game. That should be a you know tooth and nail till the end. Late, you mentioned the Christmas feel, uh, the holidays, the you know the the bad weather, the swirling winds, uh, and Belichick in that hoodie. Maybe maybe you'll, you'll go sleeveless that night. That's I hope so. Um, the uh... The Thanksgiving games, you know, your Detroit Lions uh, taking on the Chicago Bears. Yeah. Um, maybe Justin Fields. Do you think we got Justin Fields at that point? I think we have Justin Fields in the second half of the first game for the Bears. So, uh, listen, I think by that it's definitely going to be all due respect to the Red Herring, your, your brother in arms. I think it's going to be uh, Fields much earlier than that. But the Lions, you know, that was for years and years and years, the Thanksgiving Day Classic, which the Lions started back in the 30s, was always Lions-Bears. So it's kind of, and they've been playing the Bears a lot back and forth, the Packers sometimes as well, on uh, on Thanksgiving. That's a classic matchup, and I'm sure the Bears will win by about 30 in that one. Uh, you got Las Vegas at Dallas. Uh, that also the uh, the middle of the day game, and then your nightcapper on uh, on Thanksgiving is going to be Buffalo and New Orleans. So Bills big, yeah, uh, that one. Uh, so just uh, just really tip of the iceberg when it comes to breaking down the schedule. Hit on a little Western Conference hoops. The Lakers, do they still have a chance to get to that sixth seed? We'll discuss that next, get you updated on all the games going on right now. It is the nightcap here on VEASAN. 
looking to hire, Indeed will help you speed up the process. They have 135 skills tests to help you find the right candidates faster. Visit Indeed.com slash credit. It is the nightcap here on VEASAN and the Portland Trailblazers, Dan, are... uh, Doing what we were hoping for. They're doing it, and we're almost to that magic number. I, that's uh, McCollum, Dame, uh, combined total of 55 means a win for us and a, pro- a win for Portland outright. Uh, 50 points right now, 26 for Dame uh, on 8 of 18, shooting 39 from downtown. McCollum has 24. And, I mean, this you can't say it's ever over until it's over, but I'm going to do it. It's over. 95-81, four and a half minutes to go in the fourth quarter. Portland went off uh, one spot in town, actually as a favorite, uh, but in most spots at one, and this one, a steady steam of money that came in on Portland to bump that line down from three and a half down to one. And it's funny, the place that you went off as a favorite is actually where I bet it. South I, Point. I got, yeah, I got him at one and a half, thank God. Uh, so, yeah, I was on Portland as well. Uh, played it. About three minutes before tip, I just said... I inspired you. Yeah, you did. It wore off on me, so I was in on Portland. Uh, But speaking of Portland, they are in the midst of a a really pretty big battle uh, for the 5, 6, and 7 seed. uh, With Portland currently occupying the 5 seed, they own the head-to-head tiebreaker over the Dallas Mavericks. Dallas wins running away tonight, 125-107 over New Orleans. Portland... Uh, you know, up tonight over Utah, 95 to 81, back at it against Phoenix, and then finish up the season against Denver. Uh, if they go 0 and 2, then they're in some trouble with the Lakers, who lead by six at the half right now. The Lakers fi- uh, finish the season tonight with Houston, up by six, as we talked about at half, at Indiana, at New Orleans, coming up this weekend, Dan, and with Indiana and New Orleans. Uh, likely you're going to get LeBron, AD will be back, Caruso. I mean, it's going to be full go trying to warm things up here for the Lakers who seem destined for a play-in game. Um, But when you you look at the Futures Board and the Western Conference, we spoke about the Phoenix Suns yesterday. Still an outside shot to get the number one seed. It, It just could end up being a really... Terrible draw. Their front line yeah. is just not ready for the likes of an Anthony Davis. And what I'm curious about with Andre Drummond, remember last year, Dwight Howard was exactly what they needed from Dwight Howard. He was just a bully. He was a stopper. It was just a, a you know, beat you up, use all six fouls. And I, I'm curious if that will be the role of Andre Drummond this year if the Lakers are able to make a deep run. Well, listen, I, I know Andre Drummond all too well, uh, being a, sad, a long-suffering Pistons fan. And Drummond can do that. I mean, listen, Drummond's big knock in Detroit was that he was garbage in the playoffs the couple times they went, and he was terrible against Milwaukee. And in that one game where he just looked like he didn't want to be out there, and there were reports that he was out all night, which were never founded. But he is that guy. I, I, don't, I don't want to compare him to Dwight Howard, obviously, in Dwight Howard's prime or anything. But the Dwight Howard we saw last year, Drummond can do that. He can be that stopper in the middle. He can give you, you know, 15 and 10 uh, rebounds if he needs to be. And, and, and mention these basketball reference playoff seating, uh, you know, percentages right now. The Lakers, 67% as the seven. The Blazers, uh, by the way, you know, right now looking at about a 50% chance. That'll go up uh, if they win tonight. And then you mentioned the Suns of Utah. Suns, of course, uh, you know, huge Blazers fans right now. Uh-huh. I think that Suns team, and we talked about this last night. I mean, 
I think, yes, it's a terrible matchup if they end up playing the Lakers in the first round. I'm still not believing the Lakers can do, just turn the switch after all the injuries. But LeBron James, he, he, anything's possible, much like Tom Brady with the, the Bucs in football. But it's it's one of these things where I look at the the Suns, and I know it's their first time in the playoffs in 10 you know years. I know that it's a team that's you know finding a true, true identity. They are scary to me, though, against anybody. And if they're if they're full strength and they're playing their kind of brand of basketball, and we talked about Monty Williams, the you'd vote for him as coach of the year. Mm-hmm. I think that Suns team is going to be super dangerous, and if they can get to the one seed, that that makes it even that much better. Yeah, for uh, for Portland, or excuse me, for Portland, for for Phoenix, I, I do think if they get that one seed. So if this result holds, oh, right it's holding. Now, Utah is uh, a. Uh, down 15 against Portland with two minutes to go in the game. 22 to three run? No. Uh, Phoenix finishes the season against Portland tomorrow, and then back-to-back games against San Antonio. San Antonio pretty locked in of that 10 seed, and then you look at you know the Jazz, who are currently two games up, will drop down to a game and a half. They finish out the season uh, pulling up their schedule once again. No Donovan Mitchell for the rest of it. Uh, they will close the season. Oklahoma City, Sacramento. Oh, God. Yeah, it it is almost a foregone conclusion that Utah, even with the loss tonight, will get the one seed when you're facing a team in Oklahoma City that is 1-21 over the last 22 games. Could that be the time? Could that be the time with the biggest game of the – not the biggest game of the season, but you know what I mean, a a very important game to get the one seed, which you always want, that the uh, your thunder rise, rise to the – no, it's not happening. No, I don't. I don't think the Jazz so. will be like twenty point favorites in that game. Is it on the road? Uh, it is on the road. It's still be twenty four Friday favorites. night. It's going to be. It'll be a big number. They'll be twenty eight point favorites at home. You know, Dallas has been playing uh, really well, and they're going to be more more likely than not. They win tonight, uh, sitting on the five line, assuming that they win out, beating Toronto and Minnesota, and Portland gets tripped up either at Phoenix or Denver at home. And, and once again, remember this: Portland. When they win tonight here with a minute and change to go, this will be their ninth win in the last 10 games. They are red hot Hot. right now, Dan. And this is a team that doesn't play exceptional defense, actually pretty poor defense. uh, But they are. this is what they did down in the bubble last year. They played really well. Mm -hmm. Everyone thought, oh, this is the greatest eight seed of all time. And they got smoked by the Lakers. But they're playing Different team this year. They're playing much better. Um, and yeah, if, if if you're looking at the Clippers uh, in that first round, that'll be a, a a interesting showdown between the Clippers and Blazers. By the way, two things just happened in that the Portland uh, Utah game. Portland by ten with a buck twenty three left. Dame Lillard's thirty fourth thirty point game of the season. I met, I set that number over his prop. Yep. Over his prop 30 uh, and 26 with Damon McCollum. So the 55, there you go by a half point. And I said, if they got to 55 combined, the Blazers would win. And it sure looks like that's happening. Yeah. So the Blazers are uh, going to take care of business and it all once again, goes back to the Lakers, right? What are they going to be able to do? Uh, they've been playing better these past couple of games. They're, the role players have been stepping up. Uh, very nice win yesterday uh, with you know with with AD playing. That was uh, a nice win, dominating, beating the Knicks in overtime. Uh, dominated the Suns over the weekend uh, with 42 from AD. Are you? What is your your level uh, for for the Lakers? You know that that Sun series. And the winner of that series 
likely gets the Clippers. Clippers and Blazers looks like it's going to be that 3-6 matchup. As we all know, the Lakers' odds continue to be pretty high. Surprisingly, here at Circa, they're no longer the favorite in the Western Conference. They should be. That is the Clippers. They should not be. But can the Lakers, even with just two games of LeBron back from his high ankle sprain, can they... Can they get back to it? I just don't know. I, 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 if if you tell me that the Lakers are in the championship, I'd say, okay. But if they lost in the first round to the Suns, this is just a team that's just been hampered by injuries for so long. Don't let the seed deceive you. This still is the champion, the champions of the NBA. But that being said, I've been very, I've been fading the Lakers for a long time. I, I get you made a great point earlier about LeBron James. It's like I mentioned with Brady. Anytime you got a LeBron James or a Brady, anything's possible. And AD is obviously such a key. And Kuzma from from outside. I mean, they're they're obviously a very good team. There's a reason they won the title in the weird situation that was the bubble last year. I'm a big. It's very tough to flip the switch kind of guy. And after all the injuries and all the synergy problems with, you know, LeBron's out and 80's out and this guy's out and then, you know, KCP's out and all that kind of stuff, I just don't see it. You look at teams like Utah, of course. You look at teams like the Suns, who I'm very high on. Uh, even a team like Denver without Jamal Murray, I just don't think the Lakers are even going to come close to getting to the finals, uh, the conference finals, get on the NBA finals. So uh, is it possible? Sure. It's not like a crazy thing to say the Lakers, you know, can't get there as the seventh seed. But I, I've been a, a kind of fading them for at least two, three months now where I don't think they're going to repeat. Uh, but definitely with LeBron James, you always have a chance. Atlanta wins tonight 120-116. to And with that win, they locked up a, a playoff berth uh, for the first time in a handful of years. But more importantly, that win, to me, just solidified they will be the four seed. Yeah. They own the three-way tie break between Miami and New York. So if they're all tied like they were entering today, as you see the standings popped up there, the Heat were the four seed. They own the head-to-head against the Knicks, and they own the head-to-head uh, against the Heat. They're going to be the four seed. And looking at the schedules and the way they break down, the Knicks return home after a six-game road trip. They, of course, lose last night in overtime. They get San Antonio, Charlotte, and Boston. Miami, Philadelphia, at Milwaukee, and at Detroit. For my future, which is the Philadelphia 76ers at plus 355 a couple weeks ago here at Circa, I want Hawks-Knicks in that 4-5 matchup. I think it's a, a good matchup for the Sixers. I don't want the Heat. I want the Heat and the Six. Um, and I think it's likely. I think the Knicks are at home these final three games. I think they have a good chance of going good chance of going 3-0. and uh, And the, the, the worry is Miami's 3-0 and this season against the Knicks, so they own the tiebreaker. So if these two teams, as you see right there, identical records at this point in time, the Knicks and the Heat, um, if they ultimately are tied, uh, the Miami Heat would get the tiebreaker. Yeah, I'm, I'm very high on the Knicks, and I get your point about wanting that 4-5 matchup, so you know one of them is, is gone, and then the Heat just you know found out for sure Oladipo's out for the season. No big surprise there. I, I just think the Knicks are going to be very, very fun to watch in the playoffs, and this finally could be their first chance to make a move since uh, you know Willis Reed. Yeah, it'll be fun. It'll be fun, and I would say you know against the Hawks, they might be a slight favorite. I would think they definitely be I a mean, favorite. Yeah. Playing really well, it'll be real. It'll be really close. I think people will want to bet on the Knicks to win that series, but I think both of those teams would be a good matchup for the Philadelphia 76ers. The Hawks, though, a nice win today, and it looks like they're going to be locking up home feet, home court for the first round with Orlando and Houston remaining for. 
the Hawks. Two hours in the books, one more to go. We'll chat with Johnny Avello behind the counter next right here on the Nightcap.